Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for your first round of golf of the year at the 32nd Annual 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Returning to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 24th through Sunday, February 26th. This year's show includes free lessons from the PGA professionals, thousands of name brand golf apparel items, discounted especially for the show, and your chance to sink a putt for $100,000. Plus so much more. Tickets and more information at minnesotagolfshow.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Getting Horvat now. What's interesting is that now will probably open up the, the, the flow in terms of trades. Maybe we'll see some more movement. I think maybe a lot of teams are seeing where he'd end up trying to grab him. Now that first move's made. I don't know if we see some more now, but a big-time move. Let's let's hope for Islanders fans out there they get in the playoffs. You don't want to be trading Bolivier a first-round pick. And who else did you mention, G? Uh, it's Outu Ratty. Okay, never heard of him. But <laughs> I, I, I Neither do... is G, if you can tell by the way he read off his name. I do think that gives them a great punch. From a spin, spin to actually, the hockey whisperer sent me that clip yesterday and said, uh, oh, "Hey, did you see the big the big trade that went down in the NHL? You should should ask Judd and Declan what they think about it." So the the hockey whisperer is is curious to know. Judd, you're muted, by the way. Uh, what what Judd's hockey show thinks about this? Did he just close out. Yes. <laughs> what <did he> <laughs> Judd's been having a, a technical great day today. On Purple Daily, he, his mic got dislodged. I, and to be honest, that was a little executive producer self-sabotage uh, as Judd now gets back into the room. Judd? I, that's my fault. I knocked my – so I went to uh, – I tried to do the left-handed thing with, with the mouse pad, and I hit something well, else. And it knocked me off. I was going to say a little bit of self-sabotage because before the show goes, a little behind-the-scenes score north. Uh, for the audience here, when I say, hey, all right, we're going to go live here, and mostly Phil's is okay, but Judd is over here sometimes going, so I, I mute his <laughs> I'm mic. i coffee. Before, I'm I know, but coffee. you're slurping as, as like I'm trying to start the show. So I don't I, really slurp that loud. I think you have very uh, sensitive ears. Uh, Phil can vouch for me. No. <laughs> but I definitely knock myself off there because I went to do the left hand on the mouse pad to hit unmute. <laughs> And I hit something else, and the next thing I knew, I was kicked out of the room and asked not to come back. It's been Incredible. a rough day for me from yes, uh, production. And and you know what? It's been no technical problems. They've all been self-inflicted. Just fat fingers unplugging microphones yes. and clicking clicking yeah. the X out button. You know, um. Xfinity's done a great job. <laughs> StreamYard, I love you. You know I love you. But no, it's me. Amazing.
Uh, so are, are we ready to are we ready to go? Are we ready to talk about trade yeah. season here Let's in the NHL? This. The Islanders, I find it fascinating that the the Islanders, who I think if the playoffs started right now would uh, would not be in them, right? Correct. Yes, they are outside the playoff race in the Eastern Conference. There's a there's a million teams kind of bunched up in. There's only like really one or two garbage teams in the Eastern Conference. It's kind of like the Western Conference in the NBA, but but they kind of started. All right, well, someone's got to start with the first blockbuster. Um, Hockey Whisperer wants to know what Judd's Hockey Show thinks about what this could mean for setting the tone for wild trades. So it's interesting because the Horvat trade from a Canucks team that has been purely dysfunctional and and fired our guy Boudreaux about a week and a half ago and replaced him with Rick Tockett. The Horvat trade has been expected, but the trade deadline is March 3rd. So, like, this was not a deadline Spurs actions trade because there's still time here. But I was thinking... Dex as well. I was trying to think with what the return was from the Islanders to the Canucks. Um, if the Wild could have been in on Horvat. Now, let's make one thing clear here because it's splitting hairs a little bit, but it's probably important. The national media was reporting fairly recently that the Wild had actually inquired about Horvat's availability. And he is he was the most dynamic player on the market. Russo from The Athletic said, no, it's not true. They're not involved. But the return was, as uh, they just talked about in Spit and Chicklets, the return was 25-year-old winger Anthony Pavillier, who is a who is a first-line player who has really regressed in like the past four years. So he's, a, he's still considered a good player. He's really well compensated. I think his AAV is like 8.4 mil. Um, so he's expensive as heck. Uh, he probably hasn't been as good as the Islanders expected, but he's productive. The AHL guy that they talked about is a 20-year-old center, Atu Ratty, who played for Finland and was outstanding in the World Championships. I think he played the Max 10 games with the Islanders this year, Very seen as a very productive, potentially good player. And then probably just as importantly, a top uh, 12, because as Phil said, the Isles are not in it, the playoffs right now, a top 12 NBA-style protected pick 2023 draft. So I translated this to the Bill Guerin ometer and thought, what what would this have taken? What's the equivalent of this package if the Wild had inquired about Horvat, who, by the way, just to be very clear here, would have been plugged in on the first line immediately at center, no questions asked. So this was not a, where's he going to play? Yeah. No, he would have played with Zuccarello and Kaprizov. And what, what I came up with, Dex, was this. One, I don't think the Wild has a pavillier. So I don't think they've got a top six no. guy because Boldy staying put, Kaprizov staying put, Zuccarello is not of the right age group. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, you're not going to trade him. But two, the Canucks wouldn't want him. And then the rest of the top six that the Wild trots out there is just not that attractive. So that comp does not exist. So I think what the Islanders would have asked for would have been Marco Rossi for sure. And I consider Rossi to be an, uh, probably a little bit of a h- higher prospect than than Rate is because Rate was projected in his draft as a first-round pick and then had a terrible last year in juniors and fell to the second round. So I'm going Marco Rossi, another prospect, and a first-round pick. Yeah. And the last point about this that I think is important to convey is this. 
this draft class is considered to be loaded. So, like, if you give up your first-round pick, this is a draft class where it's like, okay, but this is a really good draft class. And so that's a big deal. Um, Do I fault Garen this year with where this team stands for not attempting to make a trade like that? I fall here. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And and to what Phil said, Dex, I think the Islanders, and they are desperate. Lamarillo is in jeopardy of being fired if this team does not make the playoffs. He did not make any substantial moves in the summer, and a lot of people expected that. Um, to me, this is the type of trade where the equivalent return to the Vancouver Canucks from the wild, this would not have been the year or the time to do that as good as Horvat is playing and as good as he eventually might be. And he is a pending UFA, UFA unless he is resigned. Yeah, I think the only comp you could make from the wild side would be Rossi, a first-round pick, and and he is certainly not the same as Bolivier, but Jordan Greenway. That would probably be the closest you can give I them to a ready-made player. He Jordan Greenway yeah. is not the same as Bolivier, but you could right. make a case that that could be the other top-nine guy that could go back that could immediately help New York. Um, from the Wilds' point of view, I would have not. I I would not have done this trade. Um, if with the return that Judd is suggesting, which would be Marco Rossi, a first-round pick, and call it a top nine or another mid-tier prospect. Uh, Horvat's awesome. He's having an incredible year, 31 goals already. Um, he's a center. They're hard to find. They're hard to develop. Um, and you have to pay a pretty penny to get them. This wild team is good, uh, but they aren't as good as last year. I really don't think so. Now, the weird thing is, is if they play up to the style they've been playing this year when they're playing at their peak, which was... Around the holidays, they were playing their best hockey from Thanksgiving through New Year's Eve. And they've popped up a little bit here in January, but they did go through a lull. When they're playing a physical style of hockey that they were playing, which is a lot different from their high-scoring offense that was last season, where they're one of the best five-on-five teams, I actually do like their chances of winning a playoff series potentially if they can play to that top tier. The issue is, it's an 82-game season, and I've only seen the Wild play at their best for at best 50% of it. So... I don't really fault Garen for not paying a pretty penny to go in and get someone like Bo Horvat. Last year, you had to do that with Marc-Andre Fleury, and you had to find some complimentary pieces in Jake Middleton. Um, you had to find a Nick Delorier. I was fine with Garen doing that last season. And if he stands pat here and doesn't do anything at the trade deadline this year, I wouldn't fault him either. But would I welcome a trade? And do we love to talk about it on Judd's Hockey Show? And, of course, Mackie, Judd, Score North, et cetera. Of course I would. I'd be curious what it would be. But I don't fault Garen for not going all in and getting a Bo Horvat for that comp. Do you guys view Marco? So Marco Rossi, still only 21 years old. He has played 18 NHL games, has one point, no goals, one assist. Um, Do you view him as just trade bait going forward? Or is he someone that you feel like it'll click in the NHL? Or are you looking to just move him before he's exposed even even further in the NHL. So, uh, fun fact, our friend of the show, Jesse Pierce, who now joins Judd's Hockey Show multiple times a month, uh, every Wednesday, she dropped one hell of a hot take with Judd and I last week that said she would trade him. She would trade him in a heartbeat for, number one, that she doesn't think when what she has seen from his game that he is ready enough to be the, indeed, top-tier center. Um, and this is where, and Phil knows this as well, Judd knows it too, 
Baseball prospects, hockey prospects, they kind of fall in a similar tier, right? There's a developmental league in these sports, and there's high-end prospects that are drafted in the first round and well-regarded guys. But the thing is, a lot of those, those prospects don't ever really reach their true ceiling. Marco Rossi might turn into a very capable NHL player that plays, you know, 500, 700 games in his career, and he's a mid-tier dude that, you know, bounces around between a top nine, but is never going to yeah. be the indeed top-line center he is. To answer your question, if you were to trade him, at the deadline, or even this summer, you would get a haul. He would be a centerpiece in a trade that could bring you back something of substantial nature. I don't think Bill Guerin is willing to deal him right away, though, Judd. I, that's kind of where I'm at with it. So with where things stand right right now, um, if Bo Horvat had term left, I make a trade. Now the problem is, if he had term left, the price goes up more. So, so the... Islanders made this trade um, hoping that they can retain Horvat on a new long-term contract, but they don't know that, okay? So with where things stand with this team right now, if he had term left, yes. Ideal Rossi, ideal a prospect. I might deal my first-round draft pick. I'd probably have to. But do I think that this wild team right now is worth taking a, a shot on with the possibility that in July I've got nothing to show. I've got I've been ousted from the playoffs. I've lost Rossi. I've lost my first round pick, and Horvat has just signed with I don't know the Chicago Blackhawks or something like that. That's where that's where I think there's years where you definitely go all in, and we've seen that before. The Twins have passed this up, okay, but you can't do it every year. And and the, if you fired the bullet on the Horvat trade potentially, it would be the biggest deadline deal that Bill has ever made. Like the ones last year were flurry, but that was a good trade. That was a conditional first round pick. If they, if they want a playoff series and he won X amount of games, they didn't. Delorier was what Declan, a third round pick in 24. That's not that much. Um, Middleton was a really good trade. That was a good hockey trade. So like Bill went all into a certain point last year. But he didn't do it for a stud rental, and, and, he, and he thought that might be the case with Flower, but he got him back. So the point is, if Horvat had term left on his contract, I'd probably consider being far more aggressive. But I don't think the 2022-23 edition of the Wild is worth putting a piece into to have it taken out, when the most important thing to keep in mind is you are still dealing with being in cap hell. So, like, the Horvat thing, you would have had to clear guys right. out to keep him. To me, that's going too far. Well, wouldn't the best case, Nick, so you guys could tell me where Marco Rossi ranks in terms of, like, your trade chips, but I would think that, depending on the, the team that's sniffing around, pretty high. Yeah. Wouldn't the best case scenario be you got a 25-year-old Kaprizov, you got a 21-year-old Boldy. I mean, Erickson Eck feels like he's 38 because he's been around. Yeah. He's 20, only 26. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wouldn't the best case scenario be that Rossi just figures it out at some point and joins the party? And now you got, yes. you got all these dudes between like 20, 21 and 26 years old. So what, what is the bar? If are you saying that you would or wouldn't have considered using the Marco Rossi trade chip for you saying if Horvat would have the had term left two or three years left? Exactly. You yes. use that chip. Yes. So what, yeah, so what, what, where do you draw the line of, where you would use the Rossi trade chip versus, nah, it's not worth it. Let's just cross our fingers that he clicks. To me personally, it's it's not as much about him as, as it is the predicament that your team is in. 
So I would consider if I thought that I was a Stanley Cup contender, hell yeah, I think you have to. Like you, you owe it to your fan base at times when you think, okay, we are a we are a center, we are a Bohorvat away from potentially winning multiple playoff rounds and yeah. a Stanley Cup. Uh, so to me, this isn't as much about like is Rossi developing correctly. That's a different conversation, and that's a definite concern. Uh, he, he has the ninth overall pick in a draft, and at that at that position in the draft, I expect that guy to be a key contributor, top six. But I think right now, for what we're discussing, it's more about where you are at, as a team financially and personnel-wise. And, Phil, your point to me is right, which is if Rossi figures this out and now he pops and can uh, be at the first-line center with Kaprizov, okay, Boldy, now you get him some more talent on his line. Like, that's where I see this thing going. And I think what you're going to hopefully, fingers crossed, have, too, is when you start to come out of this cap hell, you're going to re-sign Kirill, and some of these young chips are going to be progressing. Because, you know, keep in mind, it's important to note when Bill Guerin got here, Dex, the farm system was crap. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, part of the reason why Chuck got fired was the farm system. He had traded a bunch of it. It had disintegrated. The Iowa Wild was a terrible team. They were a complete joke. Bill Guerin's rebuilt that. And it doesn't get a ton of attention, but it's a very important thing. And so now you're starting to see the fruits of that, but you're just starting to see that. So when you come out of cap hell, the best thing would be to have those those chips would be set to go. And now, if you're in position, you make this type of trade. Because you can absorb it and re-sign the guy, potentially. Yeah, and you know, Chuck Fletcher made a lot of trades in the moment that were kind of a plug. Like, oh, wow, that that's good for Chuck Fletcher, right? He he actually was able to be buyers. But then some of those trades were, well, it's for Matt Molson. Like, what are we doing here? Or, or you know, they, they, <laughs> they trade for just dummies that they should not have ever been. Like, the Pominville trade is obviously going to go down a, as a good one. But Martin Hansel was clearly not worth it, you know? The extension of Pominville was probably the, the mistake, right? They gave him, like, a yeah. five-year deal into his mid-30s. Exactly. Yes. Um, and Garen's going to make the right type of trade. And when you're in the buyout hell that the Wild are still in for basically, I believe, two more full seasons, essentially, after this, um, you have to have your entry-level deals hit. And then you also have to be have those guys like Rossi and Boldy, who just signed a big extension, lock them up early. Like they Boldy foregoed bridge deals. Boldy could have very well taken a bridge deal and gotten a bigger payday in about two years from now. He said, "Nope, I'll take the forty nine million dollars over seven years right now, and then probably still get a pretty decent payday by the time he's twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. Um, they have to hit on entry level guys because right now they're essentially having a fifteen percent cap penalty." Uh, in a league that has a very mandated and hard salary cap. Yeah. By the way, they're... it's doable. That's the thing. It's doable. And all these teams can hit on their prospects. I know it seems unfathomable. You know, the Vikings draft didn't work out. The Wild, the Twins, guess what? Like, if you're going to build a championship team, you're not going to do it by, oh, we're big spenders. That's great. It supplements your team. But what makes championship teams? The Yankees in the 90s were homegrown, even the Yankees. Largely, yes. They were they largely did, homegrown. They did eventually teams. add guys like Roger Clemens and some other Right, but the, yeah. but the teams that started to take off, right, the Jeter teams and all that, that was a lot of talent that they found. And that's the thing. That's how you build a team. You don't yeah. build it by the Parisi and Suter signings were great fun, but in retrospect, those are pieces you bring in. 
Those aren't, if those are your pivotal pieces, I don't know that that works. Yeah. By the way, there is precedent. So I brought up the fact that Marco Rossi has played 18 NHL games and he's done nothing, right? He has, he has one assist. Um, He's only 20 years old. A former wild player with a different organization. And he was 18, 19 years old. So he was thrown right into the fire. But he played 64 games. And I did the math. He spent 11 hours of ice time. So, like, ice time. 11 hours of ice time. His first two years in the NHL. Had three points. Two goals and one assist. Former number five overall pick, Nino Niederreiter. And now he didn't become like, you know, a perennial all-star or anything or a, a Hall of Famer, but he became a, a productive player for 10 years yep. and and still is a fairly productive player in Nashville. So I think you're probably aiming for something more than, and he's a wing, I get it, but, you know, so there is hope that you can kind of get thrown into the NHL fire when you're like 19 or 20 years old, not know what you're doing, and then all of a sudden, boom, you figure it out when you're 21, so. Absolutely. Not not right now, Marco Rossi. But it is, it's kind of an interesting, like, oh, what do you do with this piece? Do you do you hope? Do you trade it? I don't know. We'll see. I think Hockey Whisperer's got some takes, too. He keeps texting where, me from. Where is uh, the Whisperer? It feels uh, like the Whisperer's speaking through. It feels, I'm going to undisclosed location to the table. It feels like the Whisperer is speaking through you right now. The, when he calls me. The, the 11 hours of ice time unknown. doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like you. It doesn't sound like you. It sounds like the whisperer is is speaking. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I could. I, I don't know if he like calls me from payphones or or what, but it always shows up as these unknown. Or if he has burner phones, he just doesn't <laughs> payphones. There's kids right now watching this show, going, "What's the Mac talking about? What's a payphone?" He's, he's damaged from putting himself out there and his reputation and being wrong in the playoffs last year. The last payphone just removed from the streets of NYC. New York City, really? they just took out, the, I saw it. They just took out the last payphone. I didn't have a cell phone in seventh grade, and I'm not exaggerating. After my first date at Highland Man Theater, where I saw the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, dude, I saw that in high school as well. <laughs> I called my dad from a payphone to come pick me up from the movie theater. And that was like 2005, quarter, six? Like, quarter by then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I come from the dime I guess days. I was in college, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I come from the dime days. Or you put a dime in the payphone, or what do you mean? Dime, yeah. Yeah, it, it went up in the 80s, I think, mm. to a quarter. Mm. Yeah, that was a ripoff. Dime was much better. Yeah, payphones were great. And there then was... I think in the late 90s, you also had, like, the 10-10, the 3-2-1. 1-800-collect. Like 1-800-collect. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a question. Do kids, so, so cell phones are great, convenient as hell. Like, they can communicate, you know, with your friends and stuff. That's great. But what's the what's the price that you pay for your parents being able to basically contact you and track you? You know, in my day, you weren't tracking Judd. Yeah, Judd know, could be anywhere. So yeah, I know that uh, my nephews. I think I think I'm trying to think of how many. For sure, one of them has the older one has a phone, and it definitely has the tracker on. Mm-hmm. And so you know, his parents. Are you really going over to your friends to play, or uh, did you guys go down to the gas station? You know, where where, where are you going there, guy, hey, buddy? Right. So yeah, right. our parents had no idea. I'll be home at uh, eleven o'clock tonight. I mean, I could go. I could be shoplifting. I could be. I wasn't, by the way. I was mm-hmm. a well-behaved kid. It sounded like you were. No, definitely not. 
my dad anyway, would not have would not have had that. <laughs> I don't like that tracking thing. Like I'd be very I'd be very uncomfortable. I think I'd shut my phone off. Actually, uh, if if you had your tracking device on as an adult, your wife would just know that you're at Park Tavern all the time. Is my guess the official sports bar of the sports dad? Yes, yes, that's true. That's true. And guess what? I'd be she would walk in and find me if I did turn my phone off, and she'd find me, of course, at the corner of the bar watching sports, drinking a surly. Park Tavern, two bars, uh, a place to hold your group event. This, this folks, is the place in SLP, my neck of the woods, St. Louis Park, to get your bowling on, to have some drinks, uh, to watch sports. And as I said, group events as well, parktavern.net. And I'm not talking about a group event, as I keep saying, a 10 folks, 12 folks. They can do that easy peasy. I'm talking about a, like a birthday party, 50 people, a fantasy league draft, whatever you need from a group. Park Tavern can accommodate you. Again, parktavern.net, St. Louis Park, the official sports bar of Sports Dad. I hope you come and share in the joy that is the Park Tavern. Uh, I have a Minnesota goodbye topic for you guys real quick before we part ways on Mackie and Judd today. You're down for it. Oh, look at that. Declan made a graphic for this on the YouTube channel, nice too. Gra- for good, just, nice graphic. Thank you. For our weird off-the-wall sociopathic conversations <laughs> that we get into on this show. Sure. So a uh, couple days ago, or actually this was on Friday last week, I walked into a car dealership, and so we're we're getting a new uh, four-wheel drive car because I guess I haven't talked about this on the show, breaking news, the Mackies are moving back to Minnesota here in a, in a couple weeks. So we're going to be traveling across the mountains. We need something other than the two-wheel drive Corolla hatchback, or yeah. even with chains, probably not going to make it. <laughs> Okay. And I generally do all my shopping online. Like even with cars, I will mm. I want to shop online up to the point where I need to sign paperwork. I want to know exactly what car it is in my interactions with the dealership. I will text, I will maybe email, but I don't want to talk on the phone and I don't want to go in and like be pitched anything. I just like and that applies to all stores. Mm-hmm. And uh I just had this moment of temporary anxiety when I walked. So I knew what car it was. I communicated with one of the people over there like, yep, this is it. We're just going to come in and uh, sign the paperwork, right? I walked into this car dealership, six, and I am not exaggerating, six salespeople. My wife and I walk in the door. The door hasn't even closed behind us. Six salespeople converge on us at the same time. Same thing happened, I think it was a week, week and a half ago. We went to, you guys might have seen us post a photo of uh, us drinking wine and eating tacos at the Nordstrom's restaurant. Highly, highly underrated. The tacos, the chicken tacos at the, yes, Nordstrom's has restaurants now. It's brilliant. We went into one of the sections. It was like a shoe section or something. Two different salespeople immediately converged as we're looking at you. Can we help you with anything? Can I give you a back massage while you're looking at shoes? (laughs) Six salespeople converging as you walk into a car dealership. Hi, hi, hi. Can I show you? Like, new rule, okay? And you tell me if I'm being too sociopathic. Do not approach me in 2023 in a brick-and-mortar store of any kind, retail store of any kind, unless I ask for it. If I need help, I will ask for help. I don't know. I don't need you to walk up to me. And be sales pitchy, okay? I'm looking at hooded sweatshirts at Nordstrom's. I don't need help unless I ask for it. So 
Okay, I think when we're talking about retail shopping and cars, it's very different, okay? So at a retail store, I hear you, but I do want the person there when I have a question. Yep. Because, you know, know, it's very annoying when you've got questions and the person's doing – and like you can't you can't flag a person down. So that is that, annoying. I will give you that. Yes. So so in that case, I think it's a fine line. It, it, it's it's a hair to split. Uh the car thing, I'm totally with you. I don't need uh because they immediately want to pitch you. Like it's very different to say, have one person say, Can I help you? Okay. You can smell the the like the desperation exactly. or it's like it's, it's exactly weird. and it's a car. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, I just want that. You know, I mean, you are, you've either looked and know exactly what you're trying to find, or you're looking in the store or in the car shop. And so now you're looking around. So, like, if you come up and be like, hey, I'm going to tell you all about, just let me look at it. So, this is why, like, when I shop on Amazon, I'm with you on that. I don't have like Bob and five other people walking up and saying, oh, I see you. I see you're clicking around. Uh, It's like, just, I just want to. I have 20 no years ago, I think it's different. I think in 2023, I just... Now, a little, I, bought a car, I bought a car in 93, and I got pitched by a guy hardcore, and it wasn't different. I hated it. It's like, no, dude, let... let well, when I have questions, I will find you, and you can explain to me. And you know what? Here's the thing, too. And, and I know that it's a flaw in the system. I don't care about your commission. If you chose to work on commission... That's a you problem, okay? But you're but 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 don't try to but don't try to jump me so that you get the commission from my sale. Yeah. Right. Well, like the, I that annoys me. There there's a game to play, especially with the car sales thing, because like when I bought a car two like almost three years ago now, and I went in and I kind of did I did a little bit of a hybrid version of Mackie's thing. Like I knew what cars I was looking at, I knew on the lot what cars were available, but I also know I did not know who to contact yet, so I went there. I met with the guy. It was not bombarded. Granted, this was only like a few months into COVID. So it was a little weird because things were starting to opening back up again. So that kind of helped. That kind of helped like the people bombarding experience. But because it was a salesman and because he really wanted me to buy a car that day, I was able to finagle and say, well, I'll walk out with this car if you knock off $5,000 right now, the MSRP. Then I will buy this car. Oh, playing some hardball. And then... Yeah, well, I have to go to my manager. Well, go talk to your manager then is exactly yeah, what I let's said. Go, let's do it together. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. And he came back and said, okay, we can wow. do that. So th- there is, there's a give and take there, but I will say on your dilemma, there's nothing worse. There's a very, I will leave the restaurant name out of it. There is a prominent restaurant that is in the neighborhood of where I live. And I have been there twice. And both times you walk in the door. And before you're up the ramp to like get up to this restaurant, the hostesses are, hi, what's your name? And where's your reservation? And how can I help? It's just can I first walk into the restaurant before I even say hello? I know what restaurant you're talking about because I know where the ramp is. I, I, I know what you're talking about. It, it has been so off-putting that we both said, I'm not coming back here again. It's incredibly off-putting to be, be where's your reservation? Where is it? And it's just well, like, but, yeah, whoa, but, but like, whoa, you can't, whoa. But in, in fairness to the restaurant, you can't sit somewhere. For sure. No, no, no. You, you talk, go up you and you say, go through the hostess. hi, how about a table for two instead of, hi, where's your reservation? What do you do? Like, it's basically like a being attacked. What's your like, social yeah, security? Seriously, like, whoa, 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 calm down. You know what? So I like I like the so I I don't complain about that because I want to be seated as quickly as possible. Like I like the do the diligence there. Like Phil, your your thing about cars is important. You're being swarmed by a defensive backfield. I hate that. Like you're (laughs) like you're Christian McCaffrey, and you just got the ball, and you're like, I'm going to take a leisurely stroll, and now you're getting hit with all these people. The restaurant thing. 
I would rather have aggressive servers and staff than non-aggressive. Agree. There's a, there's been a lot of times that in restaurants. I can think of like four or five different times in the last twelve months where we, we will just like the server will just disappear for like yeah. twenty or thirty yep. minutes, and you can't. Yes. It's busy. You can't. You just want to tab out. You got. You're going to a show or whatever it is, right? But on the car dealership thing, uh, I, this is one part that I left out. I totally forgot about. So I had reached out to, uh, I was looking for a, a compact SUV of some kind. And I first went down, I'm not going to like name names or anything, but I, I first went down a path that I'm familiar with. Inventory was an issue. So then I started opening up to other, I wound up contacting like probably six or seven dealerships. So all of them were respectful because you can check the boxes of like, please, what types of communication do you want? And it would be email or text for me. And they were all mostly great and respectful. And so uh, this one guy at this one dealership out here in Washington, we're texting, and he, he sent an email too. But we're texting, we're emailing. It's great. Here's what I'm looking for. Okay, he comes back with this. He says, I need some information. Is there any way that I can call you at some point? I said, I'm busy all day. I would, And also what I didn't tell him is I'm also communicating with seven other dealerships. Like, I would prefer to keep it to email and text because I don't want to be on the phone all day. I don't want to be pitched, whatever. I, I said, that. here's what I'm looking for, 36-month lease, uh, 10,000 miles, whatever it is. You know, I gave him all the particulars. He goes, great, sounds good, I'll get back to you. And then, uh, then he texts me and says, hey, I need to ask you a question. Can you call me? You're and I just, like, I, just, I just responded back with, like, I, I won't be able to call you at all today. He then calls me. I leaves see. a message reiterating, hey, I need I it's yeah. it's important. I need to ask you a question. And I was like, Well, okay, I guess if it's that important. So I call him back and he asks me the question, which I don't even remember what it was, but it very easily could have been asked via text message or email. Yeah. And I said, Hey, for future communication, I'm not going to be able to talk on the phone much at all the next couple of days. Just if you could just text your email. He goes, Oh yeah. I just wanted to see if you would answer your phone. Oh, you're off the list. <laughs> Dude, I, I hope you got... I was oh, like, what? You know what? I'm going in a different direction. I was silent. I hope you said I, I that. I said, okay. No. I said, I'll talk to you later. And then I've ignored all communication since and went and took, took business to a different... Yeah, oh, that's, good. That, that, I just good. wanted to see if you would answer you your have to- phone. You know what? what? You should have told him Come right on, there. Guy. I'll be going in a different direction now. <laughs> like, you should have said that and just hung up. Bang. Yeah, I didn't feel the need to, like, I mean, in my mind, it was over. I didn't need to, like, verbalize it with him. He did try to reach out a few more times, but respectfully via text message, and I just ignored them. That's a just really. Say, just let me breathe a little bit. Just let me breathe. You know what, though? No, I feel like that guy really pushed it. Like, I, that. Yeah, unacceptable. That almost offends me. Like, I mean. Let's call, I just should we call to... him right now? Let's yeah, call let's... his ass right now on the yeah. show. Yeah, let's call him. Hey. Tell him. I, I just want business... to see if you'd answer your phone. Yeah. That's, yeah, you know oh. that's a bunch of crap. I've got a question. It's really important. What are you having for lunch today? That's a bunch. That is so unprofessional. <laughs> like he knows you don't want to talk. And by the way, you're ju- you're justified completely. Like, why do you need to communicate verbally, especially from your location, with anyone with texting and Gmail available? That's a it's a good question. It's a good question. So, all right, I just want to get that off my chest. Uh, See, I thought you might. Listen, you guys know what this is.
what, video. What's happening? <laughs> I was I, I was I trying know. to hit I was trying to hit this one the Minnesota uh, Minnesota goodbye thing here, and I hit the Billy Garen. I was going to say chewing out uh, Jared Spurgeon video. See, I thought that you might fly home with your wife and buy the car here. So well, stuff's being shipped back. So part of the problem is, well, we have a dog. We don't want to. Ah, true. Great. We don't want to put a dog on a plane, and she's. It's just yeah. it wouldn't be the easiest. No, that's a good point. I didn't think. But that. then we also so we're doing this is the second time we've done the cross country thing, and so these moving unless you want to pay like ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of money. I mean, it's not cheap to move cross country, anyways. When you use these van lines, it takes them like twelve or fourteen days from when they pick your stuff up to get to where you're going to go. And so, if we were to fly. I don't know. I guess we could check a bunch of stuff. Like I have podcast equipment and clothes and yeah, other things point. that we want to you. put in an SUV yeah. and drive over. Nope. I hear you. Too many variables. Like check all that stuff, but I don't know. Too many yeah. variables. So we're going to make the drive. Nope. Makes sense. And then we want to have a car when we get there. And it's just, we thought about it. Mostly the dog. Let's be honest. Yeah. The dog. Yeah. The dog's calling the shots here. That's a good point. Well, and the dog would be scared. Yeah. They, they probably have to sedate the dog. To fly some doggy downers, yeah, that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> doggy downers, drowsy, some doggy drowsy uh, medications. All right, that's uh, that's Mackie and Judd here on this Tuesday. Some write that down predictions and an accountability session on tomorrow's show, and two episodes of Purple Daily for you to to binge if you want on the Purple Daily feed.